What's up, guys? You're listening to Confessions of a Gym Rat, getting you through the 9 to 5 as healthily and happily as possible. I left you guys last week on such a sad note. I told you guys the sad tale of how I dedicated almost eight hours of my life to see the Jonas Brothers at SNL just just to get denied two minutes before showtime. But I'm coming into this week with a rebound. We've redeemed ourselves. I'm feeling good. I got tickets to see the Jonas Brothers at the one night only, which they changed to two night only, but not the, not the point. But I got tickets to see the Jonas Brothers at their one, two, whatever night only concert at Yankee Stadium, which I told you guys last week that I was going to f- flip a freak if I didn't get those. So actually, I had bought two really quickly. I saw two for $200, like $200 each, um, the second level of Yankees. It was like the second level seats. And I was like, okay, those aren't bad. I'm just going to grab them on resale, like on game time really quick. Um, but my friend had the Ticketmaster email because he was signed up for the Broadway shows. I wasn't because I was in LA that week. And he was like, I'm good for, what was it? Wednesday or Thursday? I think it was Thursday. He's like, I'm good for Thursday. Like, I'll let you know, blah, blah, blah. So he gets on, we're on the phone. I'm like, this guy's got to get on an airplane to get to Chicago in like two minutes. But he's on his phone doing this for me. What a, what a homie, seriously. Anyway, long story short, he ends up getting two seats in section 28, which is field level at Yankee Stadium. So I'm pretty sure that they're going to be on the field. Like they're going to be back by the bullpen. But still, really damn good seats for the same price. So he snagged those up for me. I'm super hyped. Now I just got to got I got to get rid of the ones that I have. So if anybody's looking to see the Jonas Brothers at Yankee Stadium August 12th, I have two tickets in the 200 levels for $200 each. Little shout out there. But no, seriously, I left I left New York last week feeling so defeated and so sad. I was so close to seeing the Jonas Brothers. Um, so I, I feel like this is whew, chapter closed, secured. I know I'm going to see them. I can get over it now. I could, I could properly get over it. So I, I got a nice little lineup going though. I'm seeing them in August. Everybody that I love decided to go on tour this year. I'm seeing them in August. I'm seeing Morgan Wallen May 19th at MetLife. And then a week after Morgan Wallen is the Eras Tour, which I'm not even going to open that can of worms right now because y'all know how excited I am for the Eras. So we don't need to get into that whole debacle. But I wanted to let you guys know, in case you were worried sick this past week, that I did get Jonas Brothers tickets and everything's going to be okay. Okay? Cool. It was actually such a a beautiful week in New Jersey this week. Beautiful. In the middle of April. I don't know. Honestly, I can't really remember that this has ever happened in April. Maybe when I was in high school and couldn't really do anything about it. But it was like 80 degrees, 80 to 90 degrees throughout the whole entire week. I 
Tuesday sucked because Tuesday I was inside all day and I was like, oh, I just want to be outside. Um, but Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I work from home. So Wednesday, bring my laptop outside in the backyard. Got a bathing suit on. Of course, I went inside when I had meetings because we don't don't need to get into that type of trouble. But I, I was able to work outside. Just refreshing. And I really needed the vitamin D. I did. I just feel it's so bad. And I know that when I'm older, and my mom tells me now, even though I'm like, shut up, mom. Like, you did the same thing when you were my age. But everyone that's older is like, don't go in the sun too much. You're going to get wrinkles. And I'm like, listen, one, we're all going to get wrinkles. We're all going to get wrinkly. If you're 80-something years old and you don't have wrinkles, it's weird. I don't know anybody who doesn't have wrinkles. Two, with the way that that things are these days with anti-wrinkle, anti-aging, this and this and that, I'm not too worried about it. I am okay. I say this now, of course, at 23 years old. I'm okay with being wrinkly when I'm older, when I'm supposed to be. So I could be young, tan, and beautiful now. That's how I feel about it. And of course, we layer up with sunscreen because that is important. FYI, people that don't wear sunscreen, I'm going to go off on this tangent, kind of piss me off a little bit. Just because I've had people in my family who have had to get things removed. And like, I'm talking like chunks of skin. Like it's it's gross. I don't need to go into any more detail. But I've had people in my family who've had like skin cancerous stuff on their body. Like it really hasn't developed into full skin cancer. And I'm like, listen, I know I like to be in the sun and I like to get tan. I know I do. So it's on me to put on sunscreen. Like that's the least I could do for myself. And people just let themselves burn all the time and are like, I don't need sunscreen or like, I don't want sunscreen because I want to get tan. I'm going to tell you right now, I put on sunscreen every single time I lay out in my backyard, go to the pool, go to the beach, whatever. And I still get very tan, very tan to not put on sunscreen is basically like, let me smack, smack, hello, smoke a pack of cigarettes every time I go to the beach or something. It's stupid. You're setting yourself up for failure. In the most blunt way, grow up and buy yourself some sunscreen. I, uh, that really gets me, gets me going. All right. All right. Anyway, that wasn't the point of me bringing this up at all. It was a very nice week this week. So I decided to get outdoors when I could after work. And we have this thing at work where if you make up like the, rest of the hours during the week, you can stop working at one on Friday. So I said to myself, yep, we're going to use that. We're going to use that now. Kind of like summer Fridays, but we do it all year round now. Don't ask me why. I just, I'm just here to follow the rules simply. But I was like, I'm going to take my little butt to the beach because when was the last time that there was a beach day in April? And my birthday's coming up in two weeks and I would like to be tan my birthday because once again, we are cycling back to this whole idea that I feel more confident in my skin when I'm tan. Anyway, I went to the beach. Um, it was actually, I, I was able to sit with my best friend because she's a teacher and she works like at a summer camp 
in the summer. So when I'm free at one o'clock on Friday, she's doing stuff. And it just, we never really get to sit on the beach with each other. So it was really nice. But the reason why I brought this up is because we saw something that I thought was really concerning. And I was like, we were sitting there watching it. Like we were both like kind of mortified. Like, I don't know if I want to say mortified, but we were like disgusted with what we saw. And I said during the moment, I was like, this has got to go on the podcast. I got to know that I'm not the only one that thinks that this is alarming. So we're sitting, where we were sitting, the beach we go to, there's like an inlet. Like there's like a huge jetty and people can walk on it. There's like a whole platform at the end. Um, But we were sitting near there and these, this family group of people, I think they were a family. I don't know. They were kind of a mishmash of people were sitting nearby in front of us. And there's like young girls, like maybe high school, middle school. There's like two random parents and then two guys who are probably a little bit older than me, like mid to late 20s. And I see them putting on wetsuits and they have spears, like they're going spearfishing. And listen, spearfishing isn't really my thing, but I'm not going to knock whoever does it. I I mean, personally, fishing, hunting, all that kind of stuff is just so out of the cards for me, but I understand people like to do that. So these guys are spearfishing, whatever. They actually did pretty shitty for most of the day. And then right before we were going to pack it up, they each catch, catch something. So they come out and honestly, now that I'm thinking about it out loud, I don't really know how it works. I thought that if you go spearfishing, you just impale it and then the fish is like dead. Like, right? If I was impaled, I'd be dead on the spot. I don't know. Anyway, these fish were like flopping around when they brought them up and they put them on like some sort of like line, like oh, not a line, like a, like a clothesline, not like a fishing line. Like they were hanging on something and they're flapping around. And this is where it gets concerning. One of the younger adolescent girls comes like she's she had to be in middle school she definitely was pre-puberty she had to be goes up to the guys and is like so happy that they caught a fish runs back to her parents and goes I want to chop its head off and me and my friend are like what the hell did she just say she's like I want to cut its head off and watch it die look at its eyes look at its eyes goes over smacks the fish starts smacking them, punching them, cuts the head off, is running around in a little circle around the fish with a knife in her hand. And me and my friend look at each other and I go, that's serial killer behavior. And she goes, oh, I know. It starts with wanting to hurt animals. And listen, I'm not saying that this girl is going to grow up and be one of those people. But most of the times that you see these stories, you know, and uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Dahmer, um, literally half of criminal minds, serial killers start off by torturing animals when they're children. So these parents are sitting here just laughing, like not doing anything. And in my mind, like, I'm like major red flags. If you're a child is screaming that she wants to cut a fish's head off, running around with a knife and slapping the fish. 
Don't you think that's a little bit concerning? Like that is so different from going fishing. And if that was my kid, I, I would freak out and be like, okay, I got to take this kid to therapy before something gets wrong or goes wrong. But these parents did absolutely nothing. And we're just like, oh, ha, 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 ha. And I thought it was weird. So I was like, I got to come on the podcast. Maybe I'm overreacting, but maybe I'm not. Because how many times have parents been like, oh, it's no big deal. <laughs> the Dahmers. And then their kid grows up to be a serial killer. We need to start paying attention to things like this. I'm just saying. I don't know. That was just alarming to me. But other than that, you know, I got a nice beach day in, so I can't complain. I'm really trying to get more. And I talked about this on my story, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in my highlights. But now that the weather's getting warmer, I'm trying to get more into like outdoor activity. And I don't just mean like lifting weights outside, but just like different things. Like I really like want to start going paddleboarding more often because I love doing that. I want to get back on a surfboard. I want to hike places. Like if my friends want to do so, like play volleyball on the beach, something like that, like something just, or things to, to just get moving, not necessarily weightlifting, like things that I won't be able to do all year round because the gym's there, rain, shine, two degrees, 90 degrees. It's always going to be there. So that's my mission. That's my mission for the summer. Um, gosh, I wrote down, so I wrote down the things that I wanted to talk about TV wise, because I always have to, I always have to fill you guys in on what I'm watching. What would be the point? And I get good feedback on it too. People are always like, oh, what is your podcast about? And I'm like, well, we do talk about health and fitness. Like I, I teach them a thing. Don't worry. But what? Like, come on. Like, let's get per. Like, let's get personable here. You like succession. I like succession. Let's talk about succession. That's a great segue into talking about succession. If you have not watched season four, episode three, fast forward the next few minutes because I do not want to be held responsible for spoiling this for anyone. One of my good friends said that somebody at work spoiled it for him, and it just genuinely pissed me off. Where, and you know what? I got Gossip Girl spoiled for me when I was uh, in high school, and that was a really big deal. Like Gossip Girl was a really big deal back then. And I was genuinely upset when it got spoiled for me. I was like walking. I remember I was walking with, one, with my friend, and one of the girls was trying to like impress the boy or like be like cool or whatever. So I was talking about Gossip Girl and she thought it'd be really cool in the moment to be like, oh, Dan's Gossip Girl. And I just remember looking at her and being like, are you happy? Like, are you happy that you spoiled that for me when I was on the last season? And she's like, oh, ha, ha. And I was like, no, you actually don't look cool. You look like a giant jerk. And now it's spoiled for me. So I hate the types of people that go and, and try and purposely spoil things. Listen, you got to know in this day and age, if you're not up to date with what's on air, you can't expect to go on Twitter and not get things spoiled for you. You can't. But to go up and actually spo- like get enjoyment out of spoiling things for people is just weird. Like I think it's just weird. Grow up. 
find something else to do instead of being a crap person. Anyway, if you have not watched season four, episode three, fast forward because I don't want to be a spoiler. (sighs) All right. So when Succession first came back, which was mm, three weeks ago, like I'm like, oh, when it first came back, it was literally we're on episode three. Um, when Succession came back or when I knew it was coming back as the last season, I said to myself, and I wish I said it to more people too, but I thought in my head, I said, there's no way Logan Roy makes it through this season. There's that guy almost died like episode two of season one. I honestly thought he was going to, I thought the whole series was going to be a bloodbath, like kind of like how Game of Thrones was where like the King dies like immediately almost, um, And no, he, Logan Roy, not dead. So I was like, all right, there's no shot that this guy makes it through this whole season. That's going to be like the big end. That's going to be it. And then like, because every, all of succession, if you've been paying any attention at all, is all built up on like what Logan is going to do with the company. And it's caused so much turmoil. So I was like, oh, at the end, they're probably going to kill him off. And then that'll settle things. Like he's gone. Um, I was shocked, genuinely shocked by this episode. It started off all hunky-dory. Things are great. Uh, well, not great, but like, you know, things are going normal. Um, what's, what is his name? Colin? I see he's irrelevant. I'm not even, Colin's getting married. Logan, uh, Logan's up to no good. They're fighting back and forth. I, the whole drama, what I thought it was going to be was Logan told Roman to fire Jerry. So I was like, oh, this is going to cause like so much problem. And then out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere, they just decide to give Logan like a heart attack. And, and listen, I like it. I like what they did from a like a directing standpoint because Game of Thrones was like that. And that's what kept everybody on their toes with Game of Thrones, it's like, you should not see that coming and it shouldn't feel right. Like basically 90% of the stuff that happened in Game of Thrones, I was like, this does not feel right that this just happened. But that's why it was such a good show. So hell just broke loose all at once. And I thought that it was a very powerful episode. I'm sad that Logan's gone because he's in his own sadistic, awful way he's hysterical for the viewer um I thought that the that seeing the three of them Kendall Shiv and Roman handle that situation was intense it was intense because they don't know how to communicate nobody in that family knows how to communicate especially with each other and I feel like they did such a good job of like holding true to their characters where they were like freaking out like like I love you blah 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 but then like at the same time like I hate you it was like you could feel like I felt the awkwardness I felt the panic Shiv though is what got me the most Shiv is has been a grade a bitch through most of this show I liked her up until before like right before her wedding And then on her wedding night, just sealed the deal for me. I was like, this girl has no emotions, 
no empathy or sympathy for anyone and anything. She's a complete dick to Tom, and Tom just takes it because he's in love with her. And she sucks. She sucks. So seeing the way that she cried and broke down and, like, reverted back to her, like, like a little girl. Like, she was like, Daddy, like, whatever. I was like, damn. There she is. There's, there's Siobhan Roy. I thought it was great acting. And I felt like I was, like, I felt the uncomfortable tension that was in that room, that was supposed to be in that room. I felt it sitting in my bedroom alone. So I'm very interested to see where it goes. I also just, I made a tweet this week and I posted it on Instagram. My number one favorite fictional character of all time, I've decided is Greg, is Cousin Greg. He is so fucking hysterical. He's just such an average Joe. And every time he opens his mouth, it's more of like what people react to him that just has me cracking up. And it, from, from season one, like this guy is just trying to be, just, just, just trying to be himself. I don't know. I can't even put it into words, but Cousin Greg is hysterical. The show would be significantly worse without him. Nicholas Braun needs more love. And Cousin Greg needs a spinoff. I would love a Cousin Greg spinoff. Just like a one seasoner, a one or two seasons of Cousin, Cousin Greg and Tom. Oh, that would be so good. That would be so good. Somebody should tell HBO Max that. I want a spinoff. Just a one or two season spinoff with, with uh, Tom and Cousin Greg. I could care less about the other ones. Okay. Anyway, that's what's going on with Succession. I'm also very, very, very late to the game, but are we shocked here? I am with most things. I've decided to start watching Vanderpump Rules. And the reason why is because I watch a lot, I I listen to a lot of chicks in the office. You guys know this. And they have been very up to date with the Ariana, Sandoval, Raquel drama and I thought and Raquel actually came on their show like a day before everything broke but I was just like god I need to know what everyone's talking about this was like the straw that broke the camel's back they've talked about Vanderpump so many times where I knew that there was a Sheena and a Stassi and Jax and Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval but I didn't know what any of these people looked like um and I never bothered to watch an episode (sighs) This, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. I was like, I got to see. I got to see what everyone's talking about. I got to see why everyone's so upset. And I'll tell you what, I'm on season four right now. It's good. It is good television. It's like some of the things like they show the Jax was like in his bathroom the other day and they blurred out his, you know, man parts because everything else was covered. I was like, oh my God, or un- uncovered. I'm like, what? Like this show is like, it's just so... 2010 era um but the drama is real the drama is ridiculous it's stupid but I gotta say it's pretty freaking entertaining and I'm locked in and I like that I know what everyone's been talking about now so I'm on season four obviously I know what happened between Raquel Tom and Ariana but I haven't met Raquel on the show yet so I'm excited it's a casual watch like I have it on when I'm doing other things like when I'm editing my videos and stuff like that, but it's a good one. 
I'm sad. I, it's not even that I slept on it. It's just that this stuff started when I was like 12 years old and there was not a shot in hell my mom was letting me watch Vanderpump Rules when I was 12 years old. And I shouldn't have. There are things that a 12-year-old girl would not understand. But that's my recap on that. We have a great episode ahead today. I'm going to be talking about something a little bit deeper today. We're going to, I don't really want to give too much of it away, um, but we will branch into a pretty serious conversation this week. And then we have a very fun interview at the end. So without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. All right, so my high, my fitness highlight is my highlight and my low light for the week. I'm going to be honest. I've sat here so many times and I've told you guys, you are never going to leave the gym saying, wow, I wish I didn't do that. I, and I, st- I stand by that. I hold very strong to that. Um, but after my conversation a few weeks ago with Chloe, who was on this podcast, you should go listen to that, by the way. I was thinking to myself, you know, summer is coming up. It feels really nice when I do go out on a run because it's like I have no screen in front of me. Like I can't just be on my phone um, while I'm running. Whereas like on a treadmill or something like that, it's like, eh, you're not really going anywhere. You can get on your phone. But it's a nice, like it's just space for me to think and unplug. And I was like, Liz, you really got to work on this. Like it's something that I could do in the middle of the day. So if I'm working from home on a lunch break, I can go on a run and get my cardio for the day over. And I hate it. I hate running. And I want, I, I don't want it to be painful anymore. I don't want to be running a mile painful to be painful. So I told myself that this was the week we're going to start. I was like, we just a mile. We'll do it like once or twice a week. We'll build that endurance up. God, I hated it, it when I did it. Oh, I didn't feel good. And I didn't feel good for the first like five minutes after I stopped running. But I didn't regret it after because once I came down and like my heart rate slowed down, I stopped sweating. I was like, you did it, Liz. You did it. You survived. It took 10 minutes. Yes, 10 minutes. Don't make fun of me. It took 10 minutes of your life and your one step to getting better and being and reaching your goal. And and you just took another step to build your endurance. So that's my highlight for the week. I took a step out of my comfort zone. I, it was painful in the moment. I don't want you guys to think that I just, I love every single thing that I'm doing. No, if you're not, if it's not painful, if honestly, if you're not questioning like once through a workout, like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? You're probably not pushing yourself hard enough. That's my little motto. So like I say, you're never going to exercise, finish exercising and say, wow, I wish I didn't really do that. And this is just another example of that. So that's my health and fitness related highlight. My non-health and fitness related highlight. Um, I'm sure that if you've been watching on YouTube, you've been waiting for me to address why I have a full face of makeup and fake freckles on my nose. That is because today I did a test photo shoot. Um, I decided like a, a few months ago, you know, I've been doing like little just shoots inside the gym and whatnot that I really like it. I love being in front of the camera, if you guys couldn't tell by now. Um, And I'm at a point now where I finally feel comfortable in my body. And I was like, you know what, Liz? Like, you're a unique character. You know, I'm 
half Asian, half white. I'm like, that's a little bit of a different look. If this is something you're interested in, like, let's try and get more opportunities. So I have been doing a lot of that kind of stuff. And then today I took a test, I did a test shoot with a group. Um, and I did like five different outfits. They did my hair and my makeup and they're basically going to help me book more like ad hoc campaigns. And you know, it's not something I want to do full time. I still have my job and I love that, but it's something I can do on the weekends and make extra money. And I love it. I love getting all, all jazzed up and whatnot. So I'm sure I'll share those with you guys when I get them. But that was my non-health and fitness related highlight. I had so, so, so much fun doing it. I got to bring some of my own clothes so I could show off like my own style, my own look. Um, and I did that earlier today because I'm recording this on a Saturday. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wipe this all off and then do regular makeup for the camera. It's just going to stay on. We're going to look a little drag. But it's all right. And this is, I don't know. I kind of like it actually. And some people are like, oh, you don't need all that makeup. And I'm like, no, I know I don't. And I don't normally wear this much makeup. You guys know that. But it's still fun every once in a while. Why not? Get glammed up. Do you. So I told you guys in the intro, we have a little bit more of a serious episode this week because it's something that we haven't talked about in a while. I've talked about the subject in the past. Um... But I was thinking about it and just reflecting on like my life and how I used to be in like the space that I'm at now and how well I'm doing. And I was like, you know what? I think this is a good opportunity to sit down and talk about the D word. And I named this podcast episode the D word on purpose because I knew you'd listen. I I knew it would grab your attention going, what the hell is she going to talk about in this episode? We're not talking about men. I'll tell you that. Well, I mean, technically it can apply to everyone, but no. The D, by the D word, I mean, let's have a talk about depression. So a little trigger warning, of course. Um, but if you're someone that does struggle with depression, I actually really highly encourage you to keep listening. I have shared bits of my story on social media, on the podcast before. Um, I think that there are some things like that I have the right, you know, to keep to myself and things that... I don't have to share with everybody, but there are parts of my story that I am willing to share with everybody. And I was sitting down this week and I said to myself, like, I am just in a good place. I'm happy. I'm in control. My brain is the quietest it has been since I can even remember. Um, and it, it, it inspired me to come on here and kind of share some of the things I'd been through in my journey just to show you guys like, hey, I know what rock bottom looks like. And I picked myself up from it. And I'm nothing special. So if I could do it, you could do it too. And they're like, it sounds so cheesy and in the moment when you're in one of those ruts, like you don't want to hear what anybody has to say, but it really is true. And I want to start off there. I think that people who have not struggled with clinical depression don't realize that like when somebody's seriously depressed they first of all don't have to have a rhyme or reason is uh, bouts of depression like easily can be triggered by things like you know breakups family drama traumatic incidents you lose your job whatever but for people like me it can just come and go 
on its own. There doesn't have to be like there has been times in my life where I'm I'm like I have no will to be here anymore, but I know that I'm not the least fortunate person in the world. I have a bed, I have a roof over my head, I have groceries, I have a job. But it's there's a chemical imbalance in your brain. And it's it's seriously like it is a mental illness. It is. So I know that when you're in those those bouts of depression, it's really, really hard to get yourself to do things. I struggled, like personally, I think my biggest battle was that I struggled with having anxiety and depression at the same time. Heightened anxiety, sickening anxiety. So my anxiety would be telling me, like, we're nervous, we're anxious, we gotta distract ourselves, we gotta take our mind off of this, like we need to always be doing something so we're not thinking about what we're anxious about. But my depression says, well, I don't wanna do that. I don't want to do anything, actually. Let's just sleep so we could shut it off. So in those periods, you know, I would find myself sleeping way later than I would normally. You know, I still go to the gym, but I wouldn't talk to anyone. Didn't want to make plans. Had to force myself to eat because all I wanted to do was sleep because when I shut my brain off, the pain stopped temporarily. So... Let me share with you guys a little bit of my story. Um, Like I said, I have parts of it that are, like, I don't need to share. There are things that I just keep to myself. But I've been pretty open with sharing this part with my friends lately. Just so you guys know, I know what rock bottom looks like. And rock bottom is different for everyone, okay? But But let me just paint a picture for you. My senior year... And listen, I've been through some things in my life. Like I said, we don't need to get into all of it. But I think my senior year of high school was probably the worst I've ever been in my entire life. And that was my first real, like, go at it with depression. Like, that was my first depressed period. I've honestly, I've had like three in my life. I've had three phases. This was the first one. Um... It was horrible. A lot of it, too, stemmed from I, I was in a class. It was like, a, let's just, for simplicity's sakes, I'll call it like it was like an enriched class, you know, like a smart people class or something. And we all had three classes a day together for four years. These girls would nonstop bully me. And I'm, ta- I'm talking pu- push me into lockers, um, like say things about like my track performance in front of the whole classroom show up to my house at night, block off my driveway and lay their hand on the horn. Really awful stuff, especially as like a 17, 18 year old. So my senior year was tough. I've mentioned this before, but I've never had a set group of girlfriends. I, I just, it's hard for me to keep, it was hard for me to keep friends back then. Um, I didn't live in the town that I went to high school in and, and I was one of the only people who didn't. So people would have parties and stuff on Friday nights and forget to invite me. Or I didn't have a ride before I had a license. So, like, I couldn't go because it was far. And, like, my mom worked on Fridays. So long story short, the end of high school wasn't awesome for me. And I'm in class one day, hating my life, being miserable. Like, seriously, like, not to be dramatic, like, literally being miserable. And guidance counselor comes in in front of the whole class and it's like 
or she's not a guidance counselor. She was like, I, I don't really know what her position was, but I'm just going to call her a guidance counselor. Whatever. Um, she comes in and she's like, I need to pull Elizabeth out of class. And everyone's like, oh, fuck. Like, if this woman pulls you out of class, you know something weird is happening. So naturally, I'm, I'm riddled with embarrassment. I want to sink and melt away. I collect all my belongings. Everybody watches me leave. The girls are snickering. I could hear them whispering things under their breath. And I leave the room and I go, am I in trouble? And she goes, mm, no. And I was like, oh, okay. Then like, what'd you pull me out of class for? And she's like, well, I'll just talk when, I, when you get to my office. So I get to her office. I sit down. It's just me and her. And this was back when Finstas were popular. Oh, my God, how embarrassing. When everyone had, like, fake, not fake Instagrams, but another Instagram account that they would just post whatever on, like, funny, silly stuff or, like, not serious stuff. It was such a horrible idea, honestly, but everyone had one. She sits me down and goes, it's been brought to our concern through some of your classmates and peers that you are depressed and having suicidal thoughts. And I was like, whoa, what? Meanwhile, was I depressed? 100%. Suicidal thoughts, no. But she prints out a picture from my Finsta, whatever. And it was a picture of me in the caption. It was like, another day in hell. Which, yeah, I've always been a little bit dramatic. We can't lie there, but... Um, yeah, I, I was going through a very depressed period and I did not want to go to school. And I begged my teachers, like my cool teachers that I liked to let me skip the classes that I hated because I didn't want to go in and get bullied. Um, and I was bullied by my, some of my teachers too, not the point. So uh, I'm like, okay, this woman's bringing it up. She's concerned. What follows her mouth afterwards is she goes, you're temporarily suspended from school. You can't come back until you speak with a with one of the guidance or one of the psychologists on this like list. And she gives me a list. And I'm like, what? And she's like, you can't come back until you meet with them. You're temporarily suspended. I'm trying to argue with her that like this was during the time too where my parents were getting divorced. And I think that that's what also stemmed like it was half of the school stuff and half like my parents were getting divorced and it just sucked and I hated being home. I was a teenager so I was fighting with my mom all the time. I had so much resentment for what was going on in my household and I'm trying to explain to this woman, no, the problem is me being home. I don't want to be home and be alone because then I'm just going to think about all the problems and I don't like school's the only time that I can get away and she was like, sorry, you can't, you can't come back. So she had already called my mom. My mom was in the parking lot for me. I had to meet with some asshole, like, psychologist who was such a jerk. And and then get, a like, a permission slip signed by him and my mom to be allowed to go back to school in, like, the last month of my senior year. The way that my high school handled that was absolutely atrocious. You're telling me that you're coming to me with a concern. Oh, we think you're depressed and have suicidal thoughts. We're going to suspend you. What the fuck? I think, personally, 
that they didn't want to have me on their hands. God forbid I did anything. God forbid that, oh, I wasn't currently a student there. I was absolutely sick over the way that they handled that, but that's my rock bottom for you. That's proof of my rock bottom. That That day was probably one of the worst days, one of the worst days of my life. And that's how I found the gym. You know, that was like the origin of my, my whole fitness journey. And I was like, oh, Jim, it's cured me. I found an outlet to release my energy and I'll never, ever, ever be depressed again. Um, does the gym help with my anxiety and depression? hundred percent. It gives me an outlet to release energy and, and endorphins and channel it into something good and help build my own confidence and self-esteem. A hundred percent. I stick by that. And I have since day one. But what naive little Liz didn't realize was, oh, this wasn't just like you were depressed because your parents were getting divorced and like your friends were mean. No, something's wrong with it. Something's wrong with you. And I had to come to terms with that when I fell into it a second time. And I picked myself up and then I fell into it a third time. And the third time it happened, I was like, this is not normal. I can't handle this on my own. I keep picking myself back into it, but there's something chemically wrong in my brain that it ke- I keep falling in and out of these cycles and I don't want that to happen anymore. I felt like I wasn't in control. And again, it was the whole, my anxiety is telling me to do this and my depression is telling me to do this and both of them are ruining my appetite and I don't want it to ruin my appetite because I work so hard in the gym. Um, And that's when I kind of came to the point, and I really strongly believe that everybody has to come to this point on their own. The amount of times that my friends or family have been like, you need to see a therapist, blah, 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 blah. You, in order to get what you need to get out of therapy, I think you need to be willing to go on your own. Not because you know it's right, not because people told you to, but because you want to get better. And I'm sharing my whole story today in hopes that it, it makes you want to get better for yourself. But I was going through some really awful things that have happened to me. And I said to myself, you can't do this by yourself. You can't be sad every day. You need help. You don't want to feel like this. So I started working with my therapist. She is such an angel. I could not, uh, I couldn't be where I am without her. And she'll be like, no, you're the one that did all the work. And yes, like I made it happen, but she put me there. She guided me there. And I remember it was one day I was just, I needed to be working, but I was so sick to my stomach with anxiety that I called her on like a Monday and I was like, dude, I got to get on medication. And she was like, yeah, I, I think it's time. It's clearly there's like, you have a mental illness. There's something wrong. I think it's. I think it's time that we do this. And it was the best decision of my life. Again, I had to come to it on my own. I had to sit there and, and talk to myself and say, this is what we want. But it was the best decision ever. And if you're someone that's fallen into bouts of depression and then you're better and then you fall into it again, and I feel like every time it gets more frustrating because you're like, I thought we beat this. Why are we back? I highly recommend 
having a conversation with a psychologist. I take antidepressants. They help with my anxiety and depression. And since I started taking them, I'll tell you what, I don't cry randomly. I think things don't make me cry as easily as they do. I'm not strung out all the time. I'm not paranoid. I'm not anxious till I'm sick. I'm much more in control. That endless thought loop of interrogating thoughts or whatever they are, intrusive interrogating. I'm trying to say something serious and I sound like an idiot, whatever. That constant cycle of intrusive thoughts broke. That's what controlled me, my intrusive thoughts. When I closed my eyes, all I could think about was the same thing. And the medication helped me so much. It helped me gain control of my own brain back. And I've been on it for over a year now, like I guess like a year and a half. (sighs) It's the happiest I've ever been. Listen, I had to do a lot more than just take some pills every day. You know, it was work with my therapist. It was letting go of people that I couldn't keep in my life anymore. Taking more opportunities, doing what makes me want, like what, what makes me happy, not holding back, not stressing myself out. Oh, should I do it? Should I not? Just doing what I want to do. And it is the happiest I've been. And I wanted to share that with you because there has been multiple points in my life where I'm like, I don't want to be here. It is too painful to live through another day. What is my purpose here? Maybe my purpose is to serve as an example to other people of like a a sob story. And I don't feel like that anymore. And it's been a year and a half. Um, Listen, the future is always, we don't know what's going to happen, but I feel much more in control. And like I said in the beginning, I'm just me. I'm no, I'm, I'm just a regular person just like you are. If I can gain control of myself from my lowest points, you can too. And I'll tell you what, when you realize that you don't feel like that anymore and you have control over yourself, it is such a goddamn good feeling. So hopefully you listen to that. It inspires you and motivates you to want to get better for yourself if that is something you're struggling with. And if you have a friend that's struggling with it, don't get mad at them if they don't want to go to therapy if they don't want to see a psychologist. You're a good friend for looking out and wanting what's best for them, but they need to come to the terms on their own. They're not going to, they shouldn't be doing something because you told them to do something. By all means, push them in that direction, but understand that everybody's on their own journey and that they're not truly going to heal until they want to be healed. You know? I'm here with a very special guest today. I am joined by Reagan Davis. How are you? I am doing so well. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I wanted to have you on um, because I saw kind of different to other fitness influencers and health and fitness accounts that I see on the regular. It seems like you do a little bit of power training mixed in with your style training and that you also are, correct me if I'm wrong, like a nutritionist. Yes, I do nutrition coaching as well. Awesome. So I saw something in your bio. I'm going to have to pull it up because I'm going to, I forget the letters off the top of my head. I saw in your bio, it says GVLSC. 
what the uh, heck does that mean? <laughs> Greenville, South Carolina. Oh my God. I was like, yes. it was next to nutritionist. So I was like, is that like, I was like, is that like a typo? Oh. I probably should move that because yeah, unless you're from here, people are probably like, what the heck is that? Yeah. Greenville is, so you're what, like, that's more towards the center of South Carolina, right? Yeah. Towards the top, top left, I guess. Okay. Okay. I sometimes like, we have people for my full-time job that go down there for work. And they keep saying like, oh, you should go. And I'm like, somebody invite me and like, I'll go for work. But I haven't been yet, but I've heard great things. Oh my gosh. So um, tell me, I guess a little bit, because what caught, like I said, what caught my eye was your style of training and all that. So what does a typical week of working out look like for you? Yeah. So I've always kind of grown up playing sports and stuff. I did softball through college. So very just like functional bodybuilding style training. Um, after college in 2019, got more into bodybuilding style training and then actually started dipping into CrossFit about, I guess, 2021. So honestly, like not that long ago. Um, but coming from an athletic background, I loved the competitive side that CrossFit offered and just honestly focusing on performance and not being super physique focused. So did that for a little bit and then kind of switched back and forth between like CrossFit some days, bodybuilding some days. And here recently, um, I've kind of changed up my goals. So last November, I decided that I was going to do a half marathon, not a runner whatsoever. Um, so I did a half marathon in February And I had a client that started working with me in December and she was like, I am doing this event called high rocks. Um, it is a competition. And she was like, you would actually love it. It's super functional. It's very like athletic focused and I'd never heard of it. So I looked it up and actually ended up signing up for a competition in Dallas in March. It was this past March. So that completely changed my style of training um, completely. So if you're not familiar with high rocks, it's eight different events. So a thousand meter ski, thousand meter row, sled push, sled pull, farmer's carry, um, 80 meters of burpee broad jumps. And then in between each event, there's an a thousand meter run. So point miles. So ended up doing that in March. So my training like completely shifted. It was a lot of like running a lot of longer, you know, 60 minute AMRAPs of just a bunch of movements, like just moving the whole hour. And honestly, like sucked completely different from what I was doing. So switching up my training honestly was super fun. Um, and then currently did that competition in March. Now I'm training for another competition in Manchester, UK, actually. Um, it's like the high rocks worlds. So doing that and, um, sorry, I just wanted to give that background. Like, as yeah, far no, as I've never like, heard of that before. It's like, um, so now switching to more hybrid endurance training, which has been really fun. Okay. That sounds intense. That sounds <laughs> yeah. like nothing I would ever want to put myself through, but I give total props to anyone who can go and do that. It sounds like, I mean, coming from, like you said, you played softball all throughout college and stuff. A lot of people don't know where to go after Mm -hmm. playing sports and like all they know is kind of 
competing and not working out for themselves. So there are ways that you can keep like the sport you love or like that, that competition factor in your life, even though you're done with schooling. Absolutely. And I think you go through seasons where like, I've loved bodybuilding style of training and I've had physique goals, right? Like when I'm focused on physique, running is not in, you know, the athletic training isn't, isn't it. But when you're focused on performance, like your training does need to, um, you know, support that. So right now, um, I'm actually following a training plan. It's called house programming, but it typically, um, will do, like a lift to start the workout. So, you know, like two lifts, we've done power cleans and push presses this week. And then second half of the workout is probably about a 45 ish minute, like EMOM or AMRAP, um, incorporating those high rocks movements, um, and lots of explosive movements. So the goal over the next seven weeks leading up to the race is to get fitter, get faster and work on not necessarily how much you can lift, but how fast can you lift the weight? Right. Okay. That is something I've never, I've done hit training and AMRAPs and EMOMs and all that stuff, but I've never really focused too much on how fast for me. I'm more mm-hmm. like, okay, let's just get through it. Like, let, like yes. let's just get through it and whatever speed you get through it at, you get yes. through it. Um, I know people are going to ask, obviously I know what it means, but what is, people are probably going to ask, what is an EMOM and what is an AMRAP? Yes. So an AMRAP stands for as many rounds as possible or as many reps as possible, but typically, so it'll be, okay, you have an hour to do this, an hour AMRAP. So the workout could be, you know, 50 meter sled push, um, 10 deadlifts, 10 calorie ski, and 200 meter run. And you just repeat that as many times as you can within the hour. So some people may get through 10 rounds. Some people may get through four rounds, but you just keep moving the whole time. Um, and then an EMOM is every minute on the minute. So you have a certain amount of, you have a minute to complete the allotted reps and then you rest until the next minute after your reps are done. So that's usually in the morning and then in the evening, um, like a 45 minute bike ride or a 45 minute run is typically what they have programmed. Oh my gosh. I could not, I 45 minute bike ride. I got that. Yes. Minute run. I do not have that in me. Yeah. It's, um, it's fun, but again, it's, I've found for myself when I'm able, cause I, again, I think you go through seasons, but when I'm able to focus on performance, I'm not as much focused on my physique, just mentally. So it's kind of, it gives me a break from being super, you know, what does my stomach look like? Yeah. So it's a, it's a good mental break from all of that. And also it encourages my eating in a way that, you know, I'm eating because I want to have a good training session tomorrow and everything kind of supports that. And it's, it's been good. I think mentally to step away from, worrying about the physique or the weight side of things. Okay. So um, I have a question now, cause I've never done a competition like that. I played sports and stuff growing up, mm-hmm. but I find that a lot of girls are nervous to strife in air or to venture off into different types mm-hmm. of exercise because they see like, and I, I guess I'm part of the blame this, but they say people like just weightlifting on social media and they're like, Oh, I want to 
have like a big butt or like lean arms like I have to do just what she's doing have you noticed like a drastic change in your body from the two different styles of training like the bodybuilding hypertrophy and the um like endurance competition training yeah absolutely I actually just did compared progress photos from this week to where I was in December and um like for my frame I'm fairly I'm five six I weigh about 160 but I would say I don't look like I weigh 160 if that makes sense right I have a lot of muscle mass, but from December to now, just since I've increased running so much, my legs have gotten smaller um, and I've gotten leaner, but I've definitely lost some of my glutes too. So I saw the picture and I was like, oh my gosh, like after this competition, I am hitting, you know, bodybuilding style, like physique focused goals, um, pretty (laughs) hard, even though I've incorporated like, you know, one to two glute specific days weekly um before I was hitting it about three times a week okay yeah that's like what I'm doing so when you do bodybuilding style training um do you supplement it with any cardio just to say like just to keep up with your cardiovascular health or anything like that or do you not like no running at all nothing like that so I usually do a hit class once a week just to work out with my friends like that's what I would do but I would say previously, no, I was like, I'm not doing cardio. Like, you know, I, I don't need it, but looking into the benefits of cardiovascular help. And I think I've found a little mental freedom too, in running, just being able to unplug and like be super present. I think I'm definitely going to start adding that in a little bit more. Um, honestly, maybe like 45 minutes a week, just yeah to keep up with cardiovascular health. Yeah, that's typically what I do in the, cause I work a regular sedentary desk job. So I don't move really throughout the day. So even when I'm bulking and my goal is, you know, put on muscle mass and I'm eating to put on muscle mass, I still do very light, like non-intense cardio, like three-ish times a week, just to keep up with like, to just to protect my heart health, you know, and make sure that like my insides are healthy And I think a lot of girls are scared where they're like, oh, running equates like no muscle at all. And it's like, all right, you got to be running the amount that you're running right now, like 45 minutes a day to to see those types of changes. You know, it's like a little, a little here and there isn't gonna, it's going to be groundbreaking. Yeah, no, that's so true. And like, even, I mean, I'm probably doing maybe 25 ish miles a week, which isn't a lot for some people. Um, for me. <laughs> I've yeah. done two miles this week and I'm done. I'm done yeah. for a while. But you have to think about, it's like what you do most of the time is what's going to matter. And so most of the time I'm doing running and cardio. Right. So my body is going to reflect that. But also it's like, I've, I've built a butt before. Like, I know I can do it again. Exactly. Kind of, but it's kind of like having a growth mindset through it of I'm, I'm just in this season of another goal and the next season, like I'll be able to shift to a different goal and execute it. Yeah. I think that's something that's like really important for people to keep in mind. There's so like, you need to be focusing on whatever makes you happy at the moment. And if it's building muscle and like building your physique, then do it. But if you are, you're right. Like it can get very draining and get exhausted. There's days where I look at myself and I'm like, oh my God, am I 
going backwards? Am I not making progress? Have I just been looking in the mirror for too long? So it's nice that we do have options, like so many different options to Mm -hmm. switch up what we're doing physically to just keep us like happy and in love with exercising in general. Yes, that's such a good point because exercise comes down to adherence, honestly. I mean, it's what you enjoy doing and what's going to get you to the gym, honestly. And it's again, like seasons. And I tell, I always tell clients, I like think of a triangle and you have physique, you have performance, and then you have health and longevity. And it's like when you're focused on performance, your physique and health are going to suffer a little bit. When you're focused on physique, you're not going to be your healthiest or your highest performing, you know? So it's kind of that for me helps mentally knowing that, you know, I'm performing my best. I may not be my leanest, but you can always like bounce around to different, different parts and different goals. That's a good way of putting it. Cause it is like, like if you're focusing on, say you're focusing on performance, the other two aspects like will come into play. It's just that more of the weight is towards that part, like that point of the triangle. Um, But in the long run, I think like, and I try and emphasize this so much to people, especially my listeners, whatever makes you excited to move and get active is what you should be doing. You know, there's no right or wrong. There's no like, this is the best type of exercise. This is the worst type of exercise. If you feel healthy, that's like, and you're enjoying what you're doing. That's what matters. I think at the end of the day, personally. That's so true. Yeah. Cause it, like, like you said, I mean, health is the biggest thing. I mean, when we're 30 years from now, like we're not going to remember how much we nope. weigh right now, nope. but knowing that what we're doing daily is going to affect us 30 years from now. Like when you look at the bigger picture, it, it just helps, um, helps you chill out a little bit. Yeah. Like it's not that big of a deal and just find what makes you happy. It shouldn't add stress to your life. I agree. And I think like you being a nutritionist, I'm sure you've seen stuff like this or, or hopefully have like deterred people away from this idea, but I see so many bodybuilders or or physique based like athletes that fill their body with crap or like eating like Rice Krispie treats every day in the middle of a workout and downing energy drinks every day and zero calorie this and zero calorie that. And it's like, you might look awesome right now when you're 20 something years old, but how are you going to feel when you're 60 years old? Like what, like, are you, are your insides healthy or do you just look healthy on the outside? Yeah. That's one of the things like social media is such a blessing because it allows us to do things like this, but from the other side of it, it's like, you see all these super lean, low body fat percentage people, but their habits are so unhealthy or, you know, people that you've looked up to for years in the fitness space. And then, you know, turns out like they've had an eating disorder. Like you just, you don't know what's going on in someone's life and you don't know what their insides are like. Yeah. I see it all the time. And I try and tell like my clients and and even like my friends, if they're sending me like, Oh, I found this great, like zero calorie or whatever. I'm like, it's great that it's no calories, but what are you putting in your body? And like how often, because if you're constantly every day filling your body with crap, it's going to catch up to you, you know, here and there. It's like, right. I'll have a diet Coke every once in a while and, and all that. But <laughs> if you are continuously putting bad stuff in your body just to look good right now, like it's going to, 
you're not going to feel great when you when you get older. And I think like the healthiest people and and the people with the most longevity are the ones who are just taking care of themselves inside and outside. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, we all have our vice. We all have our thing that we enjoy like from time to time. But... That is so true. Um, one more thing that I wanted to touch upon. I saw that you have your own podcast. It's called the Made for More podcast, right? Yes. And awesome. I'll have to, I need to have you on it. Yes. Oh, I would love to come on. I love to talk, obviously. Um, so what what's the premise of the podcast? What made you start it? What is it about? Yeah. So made for more, that term, I guess, has kind of been on my heart for the past two and a half, three years. And it just kind of came about of, I feel like we all settle in our life in so many different areas and yeah. our health relationships that we're made for so much more than what we, what we think. And so that was kind of the goal for the name, but honestly, like, I mean, if you look at my Instagram, you will have nutrition workouts, yeah. some fashion stuff, like literally so ADHD. But that's, that's kind of how the podcast is like the most current one that we did. I had a therapist on, she talked about emotional availability and attachment styles. We've talked about training, nutrition, um, a finance one, like it's kind of more just a full circle, but everything incorporates back to just your mental well-being and your physical well-being. I like that. I think that the, like, I love people like you who spread or or create this type of media for people like me to consume because it's nice to see like and and I kind of try and do the same thing on my own podcast where it's like I'm just a 20 something year old girl um these are my hobbies and you know what my hobbies are from social media but here's how I'm navigating all the parts of my life Mm -hmm. you know and you're right we do like it's something I think about a lot we do all tend to settle and that's why you see so many people are just genuinely not happier have so many complaints Mm. about life so it is important to keep putting yourself first I guess and not just sleeping on your potential in a way right exactly yeah I mean I appreciate your Instagram too because I feel like you keep it very real because that's something that like like Instagram used to be so real I mean back in 2013, I think about oh. posting in high school. Like we post like every day. day. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. it was so real, but <laughs> like too real. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, now Instagram and social media sometimes is missing that part of that. So it's always just so nice to connect with just like real people that share their life. Honestly, yeah. it is. I try and do that. Too. I mean, I, there's parts of my life where it's like, I'm like, I don't feel the need if I'm having a mental breakdown to share my tears. <laughs> and so, but if I'm having like, there's days where I've, I've looked at myself in the mirror at the gym and I'm like, I am not feeling you right now. And I'll mm-hmm. share it and be like, Hey guys, this is how I was feeling today. And this is how I picked myself up and moved on from it. Cause I think a lot of people need to see that and not just here's my free stuff and my fancy outfits and Everything is so good all the time. I go to the gym every day and love every single day of it. Like some days suck and some days are great. And I think we're both here to just share, share both of it, you know, and yeah. how, and, and serve to people that there's highs and lows and you'll get through both of them. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the podcast is such a good outlet to do that too. Like, I mean, just so much more conversation and value. Yeah. It, it's an easy way for or it's a better way for the people that follow you to connect with you 
and get mm-hmm. a better understanding. I think that when you can hear someone's voice and like, mm-hmm. and you have a platform where you can say more, like share more, it helps people connect and understand more than you can put in an Instagram caption. Yeah. That's so real. So that's, yeah, that's the best part of social media, honestly. It is. It's rewarding <laughs> too, hearing that people like take stuff away from it. Yes. All that. So where can everybody find your podcast? Is it everywhere? Some places? Yeah, it is on Spotify and Apple podcast. Um, so just made for more. And there's a picture of me on the thing, but I think there's about 20 episodes out right now, about like 45 minutes to an hour. So I try to do bi-weekly, okay. um, get it out then. So it's fun. It's just, again, like a creative outlet and just a way to connect and honestly, like just have easy conversation like this. Yeah. I love it. I love connecting with other people too. Cause I mean, I'm sure you get it doing the podcast by yourself, the sections that I'm just talking to myself. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, okay, I wish I had somebody to feed off of like, yes. somebody, like somebody laugh at my jokes. Like it's just yes. rather than just like hearing yourself talk for an yeah. hour. I'm like, Oh God. And like, yeah, sometimes I'm like, why? Like it comes out of my mouth and I'm like, did you really just say that? But I guess we're going to roll with it. Cause that's, I know people like love the realness. So, but that's that. And then my Instagram is just at Reagan in Davis. Perfect. Do you have any other platforms? Cause I was, I was just going to ask you, but you beat me to it where everybody can follow you. So we have Instagram, we have podcast, anything. We um, do? That's, that's pretty much the main thing. I mean, I, I like dabble on TikTok, but that's just like goofy. Just yeah. <laughs> My TikTok is all, all goofy. I'm like, you guys can follow me if you want, but you're not going to learn anything from it. Yeah. Like may do a dance, may share a recipe. Yeah, a little bit of both. If you want real, real follow on TikTok. Yeah, exactly. You'll see like a different layer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know this is a quick little chat, but I'm very excited to follow your journey and your next competition. I'm rooting for you. I could never do it. My, I mean, if I wanted to put myself through hell and be sad, I could yeah. do it, but it, people like you amaze me and I'm rooting for you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on today. Of course. All right, everyone. Well, that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of Confessions of a Gym Rat. I hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. You can also subscribe on YouTube at Lifts with Liz. Follow me and the podcast on Instagram. Mine is Lifts with Liz. The podcast is Confessions of a Gym Rat. And I'll see you next Monday. Have a fabulous, healthy, happy week. And that's uh, that's all I got to say. Listen to Waffle House by the George Brothers, I guess, because it all needs to circle back. George Brothers.